Hello, everybody. My name is Vince Valentine, and this is Bottom Line with Valentine. So for today, we're going to keep it simple. We're just going to talk about food. Anything, really. Food in general, food in different cultures, being a foodie, everything. So think, just set your mind to food. Think of your favorite dish. Like, what is the best bite you've ever had? Uh, let it be at a restaurant or at home. What's your favorite home-cooked meal? If you don't, what's your favorite, uh, you know, restaurant meal? Or what's your favorite fast food? Because everyone has different lives and that's okay. You can't really change it if it's by nature or if it's by uh, just dra drastic uh, things in life. So, uh, here's hoping that everyone has that good bite and that has savored and saved that moment in their minds but anyway let's talk about food uh <laughs> frankly my favorites are just for people's disgust and cringe you can say uh my favorite thing of all it, it's always beef uh, a lot of the things i like uh, involve beef but one of my favorite foods is a uh, beef tongue Oh man, the the way my dad prepares it at least, and I could prepare it the same way he does. But oh man, it's delicious. And again, I'm I'm pretty sure with some of the audience just now they just gagged or just felt this nasty chill down their spine. Not like not even the pleasant kind of chill, but just just what what is it called? Not shivered, but anyway, yeah. Beef tongue is one of my favorite dishes besides a good, juicy steak. A steak has to be medium rare. I have to see the red or the pink. It can't be well done. That's just a piece of leather. If, you, if you're going to do that to a piece of beef, two things. One, why? Why? Just order the chicken in that case. If you're going to fully cook a meat, get the chicken. If you're going to get well done, don't do that to beef. Cows give so much and you you do that to their body after now and two why 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 chew on a piece of leather i i understand some people just can't take the sight of the red it's not raw it's not undercooked you can actually tell the difference between uh, a rare steak and an uncooked steak it is in the color still and the the way it looks, so you can actually say, I'm, I'm, I know there's a word for it, but I'm lost for words right now at the moment. Um, if you cut open a medium rare steak and a raw steak, or let's say you just kind of flash flame the the steak and it's still raw, you can tell because the texture of the beef, or I guess the way the beef looks, you can tell when it's uncooked. I I it. If someone were to put, you know, two steaks in front of me, one's cooked medium rare and the other one's basically uh, scorched on the outside, I can point out which one's the uncooked one and which one. Because it's still, the uncooked will still look like muscle fibers, while the cooked one kind of has this weird look to it, but it's still pink and red. It, I, I have to have a visual diagram. Um, but you can tell when it's uncooked and whatnot. But, no, that's just not it uncooked. That is cooked. I I don't know the science behind it, but anyway. 
a medium rare steak is the best way to eat a steak. And recently I was told that a coworker of mine uh, had a girlfriend back then that would have only well done steaks. So what he did was he tricked her into eating medium rare or basically going up the levels of uh, doneness, you can say. Uh, but dimming down the lights each time it got pinker or, or you know, quote unquote, bloodier. <laughs> it's not, it's not bloodier, by the way. It's that's that's not blood. Um, <laughs> basically, she she always was like, oh wow, this is really good today, blah blah blah, and she asked him like, what did you do? He was like, well, it's medium rare. You know, what? And then he turns on the lights. She sees. She's like, oh my god, that's disgusting, but it's so good. It's just like, well, I mean. Why, why, why even bother? Like, if you know it's good, why make it a, a mind thing? You were enjoying it. I had a friend where we told him something. I'm keeping this one a secret, but let's say he was eating something certain and then they taught him what or how it was made. He just, ooh, he, he just wanted to die. But he said, you know what? I've been eating it this long. Why change now? That's the kind of mentality. It that's literally the knock it till you don't knock it till you try it. And if you know, if you don't know about it, but then you learn about it, why change? Why all of a sudden change? Veal is more of a uh, emotion thing instead of a taste thing because every person I met that's had veal uh, basically loves it, but they don't want to eat it because of the circumstances. And for those who don't know, veal is basically baby cow that never has the chance to ever touch the ground. So think of it this way. The baby cow's coming out and then the people just grab it and never let it touch the ground. Like literally they don't because the second the baby cow touchdown <laughs> has touchdown, the the muscles tense up. So that's why veal is basically one of those things because it's it's there's no time for the muscles to ever tighten it doesn't have any time in that split second to develop it basically still has that that silkiness to it i've never had it i want to try it i just never had the opportunity like the other day uh costco was selling duck breast and a few years ago i was watching uh iron chef america I think that's the show. I believe so. Yeah, Iron Chef America. And the secret ingredient was uh, goose. And I think duck as well. But basically fowl. Secret ingredient was, were fowl. And uh, they they cooked it and everything, blah, blah, blah. And when they cut into it, it was, you know, cooked on the outside. But then it was all red and looks raw on the inside i said what the heck and the the judges were like oh it's perfectly cooked and i said what world can you eat a bird rare and i was thinking okay duck and goose probably have the only exception i i, I and i looked into it goose and duck because they're flying animals uh yeah, I said because I'm not saying geese or ducks. I'm saying goose and duck, just single, single, singular. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, because they are flying uh, animals. 
the breast of the geese and the ducks, there you go, are uh, red meat because so much oxygen is used in it because they're constantly flapping and all that. So with more muscle use, there's more oxygen, meaning more blood, meaning it's going to be a red meat. And red meat are the only meats you can eat rare and all that case. That's why uh, chicken and other, I guess, hen like that, uh, they don't really use a lot of their body. So that's why the legs are considered dark meat, but not red because, you know, they don't really do much. And the breast is white meat because the dark meat is where most of the oxygen goes. That's why uh, it's softer and whatnot. And uh, uh, pig, pork and whatnot. The, what was it? Since, you know, they lay on their butts all day, they're not getting a lot of things. That's why they're considered the new white meat. That whole campaign that pork was new white meat. So with that, that's why you have to cook chicken and pork so much because there's not much. Actually, I don't don't fact check me on that. I just know that because it's like not much oxygen or something or something of that sort. The the surprising thing, or as I was saying, when I bought the the duck breast from Costco, I looked up Gordon Ramsay, you know, the man himself. To see if he's ever cooked duck breast. And I'm, I'm like, I'm sure he has. And it's such an interesting process. Um, it it has to be on a cold pan. And I said, cold pan? What the heck? And he was like, it, and it's like, he answered my question. He's like, yes, cold pan. Because what you want to what you want to do is not seal the, the skin to keep the fat in. You want to render the fat. And I was like, oh, makes sense. You want to basically build that heat so the duck fat just oozes out. Because if you do it on a hot pan, you're going to close the skin and then all that fat's going to get trapped inside. So I said, okay, yes, chef. <laughs> um, so I did that and, oh, man, I, it, it's simple, salt and pepper, nothing else. And I said, okay, this by itself is just great as it is. And then that's when I tweaked with the spices and here and there. And, oh, man, it's delicious. At first, it was this this off-putting taste of, like, uh, iron. Like, there was just this this taste of iron and it had to do i'm sure because it's such a uh oxygenated piece of meat where it's just oh man so at first i was like you know it's good but it's just this this weird taste so i did it again after i was like oh man this is this is just delectable and when it's freshly off the uh, out of the oven by the way yeah you have to put it in the oven after oh man the skin oh but anyway uh Acquired taste, that's an interesting thing to me. Like, well, actually, cilantro is more of a genetic thing. Apparently, there are people out there where when they eat cilantro, it tastes like soap to them. And that is actually a genetic defect. So if you if you eat cilantro or if you hate cilantro because it tastes like soap, that's a reason. You, you just basically have this genetic defect where you're unable to uh, enjoy cilantro because cilantro is one of the greatest things ever. Um, being, I'm not saying where exactly, but I mean, I'm pretty sure I could give hints, but, uh, certain meats in, uh, tacos <laughs> and burritos, uh, some people just don't understand the delectableness of it. Like this thing called buche. I, I think I said that incorrectly. I don't know why my mouth did that. Buche. 
Buche is more of this uh, neck slash jowl area of the of the animal. So it's like uh, throat and jowl. Jowl being like the jaw area, the lower jaw. Uh, it, apparently, some people just don't eat that. I was so surprised because it's such a good meat. Uh, another one, and I, it's more understandable. Uh, uh, tripas. And there's actually another name in it in America called chitlins. So if you know what chitlins are, that's what tripas are to us. Um, it's just uh, pig intestine. Oh, it's delicious. It depends on who makes it and how it's made. I like it both ways where it's chunks of it and cooked. But I also like it when it's thin and crispy. Oh, man, it's good. It is good. Another one is uh, cow stomach. Oh, I know a lot of people understand what menudo is. Menudo. Say it with me. Menudo. <laughs> M-E-N-U-D-O. It is... The Greatest soup ever. I love it. It's the greatest. And the meat basically used are tendon and cow stomach. So it is just delicious. So, yeah, I mean, with me, the, the cow is never to waste. I don't think I've ever had cow face in particular. Uh, that's called cabeza. I don't think I had cabeza before. Not that I can recall, but I'm sure it's good. And there's one last one called sesos. Sesos is just a surprise meat. It's really good. Uh haven't had it, but I heard it's really, really good. And I want to try it because I am an adventurous eater. I'm not a quote-unquote foodie in that case. I'm just an adventurous eater. There's a difference. I looked up what it takes to be a foodie, and it's it's this annoying list. Apparently, you have to go to a restaurant, order more than just a typical thing. It has to be more than like five items. You have to go multiple times, have an opinion, and... Have all these pretentious things on like, oh, I'm a connoisseur of some sort. It's like, f- fuck off. <laughs> Just have an opinion on food. Say what you like and what you don't like. And honestly, being an adventurous eater is better than being a foodie. Because when you're an adventurous eater, you just say, yeah, I want to try that. I want to try that. I want to try that. Oh, that right there? Yeah, I don't mind. It's better. You're not some pretentious snob just saying oh i'm so high and mighty i have an opinion of this it's like no just try it if you don't like it don't eat it (laughs) the the thing is so many people say they they eat food but do you really eat food like what is what is your food honestly american cuisine i like it you know hot dogs and hamburgers but there's just better meats out there, and especially home-cooked meals. You put salt in food, and all of a sudden, it's the greatest thing ever to a white person. <laughs> I say that jokingly and with love. <laughs> with all the wor- wait, with all the love in the world and in my heart. <laughs> because it's just the simple things. Like, you just season it properly, and it's the greatest thing ever, apparently. It's just like, well, yeah, your stuff is tasteless. I'm sorry, but... I mean, I've eaten a lot of food, and I know what I'm talking about. I cook, okay? I'm not some professional chef. I'm not like, oh, let me do it like this. No, I'm just a home cook. I learned. I watched, and I learned. And I and that's the thing about learning is failing. You have to fail in order to learn and basically succeed. Not everyone is a natural. Everyone had a rough start or some fallout. 
Eminem. No one knew who he was. With him, he, when he released his album back in the, I think it was 99 or something like that, no one cared. He was just some white boy. So it was like he, he was barely getting out there and whatnot. He struggled, and he had a rough life and all this. So look at him now. Same thing with Kanye. He basically had this rough life. He even had the accident in 2002 where it, it's so it's so weird to me that thinking seeing his face that's not how his face was before there is actually this one photo where he had his basically his before face and it's a day and night difference like his his jaw is not supposed to be like that it, it's kind of sad but look at him now and yeah but you think Gordon Ramsay got where he is because he was so perfect at the beginning no he failed, he learned, and everything. No one's a natural. If you are a natural, hey, great. I'm not bashing on your on your livelihood, but I'm just saying, hey, good for you. I hope you're using your talents uh in, in, in you know intended. And so yeah. Go out there. Try something new. Go into the cities. Go somewhere where you're the minority <laughs> and try it out. You have tacos, burritos, tortas, empanadas, tostadas, enchiladas. Okay, I have a rant about enchiladas. Enchiladas is when you get, or tortilla, you deep fry that bitch. And then it's flat. It's a flat fried tortilla. And you top it off with your meats, your toppings, and your sauce. That's an enchilada. Okay, people? <laughs> what what Mexicans have as enchiladas, those are flautas or taquitos. Okay? I'm saying that right now. I am settling this. And and straw in Spanish is pajilla. Not this bullshit popote shit. No. No. Pajilla. Okay? Alright. <laughs> I'm sorry. Straight away. Well, I guess you can guess I'm not uh Mexicano. <laughs> so that leaves uh what how many how many Spanish speaking countries are there like thirty two? Let me let me look it up. I actually remember the number once in in high school, but not anymore. Let's see. But anyway, while I look this up, what is like your favorite food in particular? Is it something culturally? Is it something homemade? What is it? Like is it something? It does. It doesn't have to be like food. Food. It could be. Desserts. Oh, I love desserts. I'm guilty of desserts. I'm sorry. I, I cook and bake. Baking is one of my favorite things, but cooking is one of my arts. So, it depends. And, what was it? Yeah, the other day. Oh, not the other day, but last year. When things shut down. The the plan was I would bake and bake and bake. <laughs> But then I went back to work basically after buying 50 pounds of sugar and 50 pounds of flour. And if anything, I, I think I bought two bags of each. So I think I have 100 of each. I think I can't remember. But yeah, I, I bought 50 pounds of sugar and flour <laughs> thinking I'm going to bake. And then a week after that, I went back to work. I was off for two months. And I baked a lot during that time. I, I, I had white bread, banana bread. Uh, a pie. I remember the pie. I learned. Okay, thing about the pie. Um, 
you have to let them set. The first time I ever made pie, I cut into it too soon. And then I realized something. Oh, that's why those typical cartoons and shows in the 50s and 60s show like the mother, the housewife settling the uh, the pie on the windowsill because it's supposed to cool for a long time. Because if you cut into that bitch immediately, it's going to be runny. The filling is going to be running. And I I let it sit. And the next day, it was like a real pie filling. I said, oh, wow. So, yeah, I made another pie down the line recently. An apple pie. Oh, that was oh, it was so good. But I did cheat for that one. For that one, I, I used just pre-made crust because I was just wanting a pie real fast. Doing a pie crust is easy. It just takes a little bit of time. Just just get yourself a pre-made crust. It's it's not the same, but it's almost the same. But you can tell the difference. I mean, besides making it, you can tell in the, in the taste. And cookies. Oh, I did a lot of cookies. I actually did a lot of cookies. Uh, I went from Snickerdoodles. Oh, by the way, 20 countries. 20 Spanish-speaking countries. Um, I went from Snickerdoodles to chocolate chip and even uh, oatmeal cookies, but like natural oatmeal cookies. That was fun. Oh, those are good. And then I decided to add some chocolate chips into the oatmeal cookies. And geez, we had some friends over the other day for that. And they said, man, these are really good. I was like, yeah, I made them myself. And then, I mean, they they just oof, because I used the semi sweet morsels for the chocolate chips. And that was just delicious because the. The bitterness of the morsels with the sweetness of the oatmeal cookies. Oh, man, it was such a good balance. I mean, I'm not one of those flaky salt kind of people, but if I had flaky salt, I'd probably use it often. I use a lot of coarse salt, especially with fish. When I cook fish, I use a lot of coarse salt. For some reason, it's just better. I don't know what it is. And and if anything, Gordon Ramsay also uses coarse salt when he cooks uh, salmon with skin. Salmon with skin is one of the best fish ever by the way and then i use just regular fine salt for like beef and whatnot the trick to seasoning though uh you have to cover you have to cover graciously like think of it think of it this way you you get a candy apple and you want to put sugar all over it for some reason and you know how you roll it and it gets covered like that think of it like that but on beef. Don't roll it. Just like sprinkle it. But it has to be covered. That's a good trick. On how to season properly. Make sure you cover that bitch properly with salt. And then with the spices. You can sprinkle that however you want. It's the salt that matters. I like to season and mar- marinade. Uh, my dad. He stopped the marinades. He went to brining. My dad goes brining now. Brining basically being. Submerging in salt water for like days. And then I think he like seasons it after I forget. It's been a while since I've seen him do something with that. Um, yeah, if you live on your own, great. <laughs> it's fun. But eh. the other thing, you should always use salt. MSG is a good thing, too. Uh, you'll be surprised with what's in or how many things have MSG. Uh, MSG is not bad for you. There's no actual evidence of it being bad. Yeah, people can actually just look it up and fact check me right now. But MSG doesn't do anything to you. It frankly does not. If you use chicken bouillon, it has MSG. 
look it up right now. If you have chicken bouillon in your cabin, first ingredient. If you have the English one, first ingredient, MSG. It's going to be monosodium glutamate, guaranteed. But if you have the Spanish one, it's going to be in the middle. <laughs> For some reason, that's the weird thing. MSG is labeled the first thing in English, but in, in Spanish, it's, it's like in the middle. It's so weird. It's so funny, too. Just like, what does that mean? Like, do we not care about us? <laughs> but yeah, MSG is in chicken bouillon if you use chicken bouillon. That's why if you use chicken bouillon, it, it, everything tastes better. Because MSG is, in the, in the words of Uncle Roger, the king of flavor. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just just try out MSG. I actually bought a packet of MSG. I use the heck out of it, and I'm almost done with the pack. If you actually taste it by itself, it's weird. I I think, I believe, I'm tasting my tongue. <laughs> but it has this umami flavor to it, just like by itself. It's it's weird. I can't describe it. It is umami. It enhances umami. Uh, natural MSG things are like mushrooms and... Uh, I forgot. Certain fish, basically, but... It enhances. It takes out the umami flavor out of beef and other meats. But, yeah, I mean, try out. Try something out. If if you never had... Oh, well, I mean, everyone gets fooled by it, but everyone at this point knows what it is. I haven't had them yet, but... Uh, Blue... Blue Rocky Oysters? Blue Rocky, right? Anyway, bull testicles. Like... I mean, it's just deep-fried... Oh, I love oysters too, by the way. I love seafood. Seafood's one of my favorite foods too. I'm more of a surf and turf kind of guy. I mean, there's people that are turf and turf, but I like surf and turf. King crab. Oh, I love crab. Shrimp. Oh, especially shrimp. Seashells or uh, shellfish just in general. Uh, Mollusks as well. Scallops, clams, mussels, oysters. Ooh, there was this one. I forgot what it's called. Uh, not albacore. Um, not abalone either. It's uh, conch. Conch is good. Good, good, hearty meat. Seafood meat. I love sushi too. Like, if if you have a certain just taste, expand it. Expand it. Try something out. And some people may be vegan. And just, you know, plants only. But, you know, the animal kingdom, they, they eat animals too. I'm not saying, you know, stop being a vegan. I'm just, you know. Remember what I said. You do you. I do me. We just won't do each other. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably after this, I'll probably have some bean soup. I made some bean soup the other day. It's really good. I mean, has anyone had my cooking? I guess... Some relationships. I can't recall. I remember this one uh, ex wanted me to cook for her so bad. I'm like, <laughs> I'm in school. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a reserved thing. Kind of like my Spanish. I mean, some of you already heard it. So, is it that reserved? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I mean, think about it. You don't know where I'm from. So, you can only guess. Remember, Instagram. Official Vince Valentine. I don't have it linked or tagged or anything, but official Vince Valentine. One word. All one word. <laughs> Hit me up. 
you're probably gonna say stop podcasting you're annoying you suck yeah i know but i'm still gonna do it but yeah if if ever you have the chance to try duck get some duck if you have a chance to get some uh cow tongue try it out or at least how about this I'll, I'll cook for you i will cook for you some cow tongue and you just have this taste test all right just don't think about it commit eat it eat it eat it <laughs> but yeah anyway i'm your host vince valentine and this has been bottom line with valentine